Hey you, welcome to Rise and Shine. I'm Patience Axman. I'm a wife, a mother, a photographer, natural health advocate, and adventure lover. And on this podcast, I chat with experts and friends about how to live intentionally, pursue abundance, and create a beautiful, joy-filled life. Today, I'm chatting with my friend Alexis Vasquez about her incredible journey of faith where she summited Mount Kilimanjaro and all of the life lessons that she learned along the way. Let's jump right in. I'm just I'm super excited about this conversation. Um, I would love to just hear kind of starting out like a little bit about who you are, uh, maybe just kind of like the family you grew up in, how that influenced you. All right. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I live in Tampa, Florida. Um, I obviously met you when I lived in Texas for a couple years, um, but I grew up in a really close um, family. I grew up in a Catholic family. And, you know, when I was 18, really, really was struggling to find my life purpose. And I kept saying, God, I know you're real. So if you are, because I know you are like, show me where to go. And I remember I was like waiting for a friend to invite me to church. Um, and, and no one ever did. And I said, that's it. I'm just going to go and I'm going to invite my family to come with me. And, um, so when I was 18, we walked through, um, a non-denominational church for the first time. And like, we never looked back. And um, I just remember feeling like I was about to go on the biggest adventure of my life with the Lord. And I was so right about that. Um, He's done so much. And, you know, I've always had sort of a passion for adventure and traveling. And I think part of that comes from just growing up with different cultures, the Cuban, the Puerto Rican, the Korean, but the Lord has really used my heart for people and my heart for the nations to kind of just build this passion of just living life to the fullest wherever I go. Um, So that's where I'm at now. Um, I'm back in Tampa, but still obviously even in quarantine dreaming about when I can go out and do things (laughs) again. Um, And, and yeah, that's a little bit about me. I'm a creative soul, Enneagram four to a T. Four. I was going to guess seven totally. So that really actually surprises me. (laughs) Yeah, the adventure thing totally throws people off. So I'll say I'm an honorary seven, but definitely I feel all the feels of a four. So let's talk about uh, when you summited Kilimanjaro. How long ago was that now? That was in 2018, February of 2018. Okay. So like, where did that idea come from? And how did that journey kind of start for you? Yeah. So uh, just to give you even some background, um, I'm not like a super outdoorsy person, you know, I super girly actually, and would have never imagined that I would even want to do a climb like this or climb anywhere or hike for that matter. And I grew up in Florida, so that like hiking is not a thing. Um, But I was in Dallas, it was 2017. And I had moved to Dallas the year prior for what I thought was my dream job. And it just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And so I was fighting discouragement and fighting, you know, that disappointment and wanting not to be mad at God for, you know, what I thought was, was going to happen and didn't happen. And so um, I really found myself in this like theme of like mountains and valleys. And I guess because I'm a creative, the Lord always speaks to me through through symbols, through metaphors, through things that I can just visualize. And so mountains and valleys became a theme. Um, I had no consistent income that entire year 
um, that second year that I lived in Dallas. I would fly back and forth to Tampa to do photo shoots because I'm a photographer by trade. And then I would fly back to, to Dallas to edit them. And um, I worked six hours a week at a paint studio and I was just struggling. Um, and so needless to say, I was reading a book by Tim Tebow actually at that time called Shaken. And he was talking about mountains and valleys, highs and lows in his athletic career. And that somehow inspired me to put together an email devotional called Ascend um, that I sent out to a bunch of just my friends and families through MailChimp. Um, and God just really used that free time that I had to speak to me about mountains and valleys. And, you know, Psalm 121 really became like my theme. Like I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? And really owning and believing in that verse um, that he was where my help came from. And so after I finished the devotional, long story short, I felt like the best way to really own what I wrote about was to do it in real life. And so that's where the Kilimanjaro thing came in. Yeah. Why, why Kilimanjaro of all the mountains? I know of all the mountains. Um, so I was just Googling and researching different mountains that I could possibly hike. And it stood out to me that Kilimanjaro actually meant hard mountain to conquer. And oh, that's I was cool. like, why not? <laughs> with me, he's going to get me through it. So it'll be good. Well, super cool. So you start, you were like, okay, I want to do this. So where did you go from there? So I said, okay, um, it's obviously not going to be cheap or easy. It's a 20,000 foot mountain. I don't, I can barely walk on sand. So, okay. <laughs> um, and, you know, I said, it'd be cool if I could also fundraise um, for not just myself to do the climb and, you know, use my story of hills and valleys to inspire people, um, but also raise money for um, an organization. So because I've volunteered with the Tim Tebow Foundation and I had read the book and that kind of connected to my inspiration behind the climb, um, I decided that I would fundraise um, through my, through, through just different ways, through, um, like different jewelry, um, like there's go rings. I don't know if you've heard of them, but you know, I use them. They, they mm -hmm. helped fund my climb and I sold t-shirts and did the whole thing, sent letters. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I went through that for about, um, six months until Hurricane Harvey and Irma hit. And then I just felt like it wasn't the right thing to do to ask for, yeah. for a climb. And I said, okay, Lord, like, you know, this is my dream. And like, either you're going to, either a miracle is going to happen or, you know, I'll just put this dream on hold or maybe this wasn't even a God dream, you know, I don't know. Um, and I just felt like, I don't know. I just felt like he was going to provide. I just had this deep feeling um, that he was and he did um, through chip starter which I know you're probably gonna ask me about so my final straw I told I was like I was praying about it I said God okay um, I'm gonna do this contest I got an email in my inbox from um, Magnolia chip and Joanna Gaines because you were a fan of like you'd been to Magnolia and stuff before right yes I had been to Magnolia chip um, chip had been to a lot of the Tim Tebow golf tournaments that I had photographed so you know I had that sort of connection I, I mean I briefly met him once but that was about it mm -hmm. but a big fan of chip and Joe and they sent out an email that said want to climb a mountain and I was like 
So what is this about? <laughs> and it was a contest and he really wasn't, it was, a, it was just a symbol to say, you wanna do something impossible. Um, and Chip was putting out this contest to help fund people's dreams. And his reason was because people believed in his dream and they helped him and Joe you know, kick, kick off Magnolia. So he wanted to do the same for other people. So they had everyone's, uh, everyone who wanted to submit the contest um, a video, a two-minute video. That's all it could be. And I'm a talker, so I was like, I don't know how this is going to work, but I'm going to send a two-minute video about my dream, why I should win. There were over 2,000 applicants, and, um, and they said, we'll let you know by Tuesday of October 13th, um, and, and, and I waited all day Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> got nothing. And I painted on this little um, sketchbook I had in watercolor that God loves long shots. And I like held on to that all day. And finally, at the end of the day at 9pm, I went to my mom's room, let my phone go for the first time. And like, because at that point, I was visiting Florida. So I threw my phone on my bed and I left to my mom's room and I went crying. I said, I guess I'm not a finalist. Like, you know, they didn't call me. And, you know, she kind of held me there for a minute. I go back to my room at 930 and I had a missed call from Waco, Texas. Wow. <laughs> yep. And they said, hey, Alexis, you are a finalist. Um, we're going to fly you out and a guest to Waco in two days. Are you ready? And that, that's how that happened. Um, yeah, it was so surreal. The whole experience. Um, we flew to Waco, uh, you know, tons of like Magnolia swag on our hotel bed. Um, I was going to be speaking in front of 5,000 people that night at their celebration event, telling them why, why I deserve to win, um, amongst the other four finalists. And, um, long story, super short after my knees were shaking, after I, you know, had to give my spiel next to four other amazing dreams, um, uh, you know, Chip came out with, you know, checks for all of us and said, that oh, wow. Yeah. Every time I tell the story, I get goosebumps. Yeah. That is so crazy. So what did that feel like? Like in that moment, what were you feeling? What were you thinking? I, I had like my Miss America pageant face. Like I was like, <gasps> like, I just couldn't believe it. I like <laughs> couldn't even move. I just felt like I was on top of the world. And um, and you know, it was funny cause when I, when I, when they called me to say I was a finalist, I had only asked for $7,000. Mm -hmm. Um, and their only thing when they called me was like, the only thing is Alexis, like, you know, Chip wants to know if you'd be willing to double that number that you're asking for. I'm like, he's asking me, I'm like, <laughs> of course, so, you know? Um, so I just, it, it just all kind of came together as like, God is a God of abundance. And like, here I was wondering how I was going to fund this climb. And, you know, the whole like exceedingly and abundantly more thing became so real in that moment. Like I just couldn't believe it. It was like heaven met earth for like those few seconds. And I just couldn't believe it. Like, yeah, that's amazing. So from there, you're like, okay, I'm going to climb Kilimanjaro now. Like I have to. So what did, what was training like? Like what was, what was your journey kind of preparing for actually doing it? Um, yeah. So after that, I, it was October when I won the chip starter. Chip was like, I'm watching you. And I was like, okay, I'm going to train. <laughs> At that point, I moved back to Florida in that time frame and um, just really ran a lot. I had an altitude training mask. Um, so I would wear that and that would kind of like, I guess, emulate what it was like to be in, in high altitudes because there's less 
you know, it's harder to breathe in, in higher altitudes. So I did that, did a lot of bike um, training, a lot of cardio, um, tried to eat, you know, a fairly clean diet. Um, but I think more than anything, the preparation was mental. I really, and even in when I ended up going on the climb, even my trainer, even our guide said, you know, your job is not to conquer Kilimanjaro physically, it's to conquer it mentally. Mm. Yeah. So that's pretty much what I did. It wasn't anything crazy. It was more the prayer that the side of the preparation that really mattered was the prayerfulness and the just mentally preparing for what I thought honestly was too big for me to do, which is kind of why I signed up to do it in the first place. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So like, were there ever points in training where you kind of questioned that decision or like wondered like, how, how am I going to get from here to here? Yeah, especially after the chip starter thing. That's when I was like, okay, okay, God was serious. I mean, I know that I thought I thought this was going to happen, but now it's really happening. So, you know, I, I had an understanding like, okay, God's going to get me through. Like, you know, he brought me this far. I don't think I'm just going to end up not doing it or not summiting. But I did definitely think like, what am I, what did I get myself into? Um, but, and I, and I was able to get one friend to come with me. And I think that really gave me a piece like, okay, I'm not going to do this alone. Like I already had the Lord, but at least now I have somebody like a buddy to mentally, um, get there with me. And we balanced each other out a lot because I was more the emotional piece. And she was more (laughs) like, the come on, we got to do this. Stop crying. Like we can do this. That's awesome. Yeah. So what was it like actually, actually summiting? Like what how long did it take and what was maybe some of the hardest or most rewarding moments of that? Yeah. Um, so it was, it, you can choose different routes with Kilimanjaro in different time, time frames. Um, we ended up choosing the wrong guy route, which um, takes the back end up through um, you can, it's facing the Kenyan plains. Um, and Kenya was actually my first uh, mission trip that I had ever gone on when I was 19. So it was almost like a, a little like Bethel moment where you like go back to where God had, had taken you before. And I could see yeah. where God had been faithful so many years prior. Um, and so we went that route. It took six days, five days up, one and a half days down. Um, but yeah, it was every day was a different terrain, a different climate. You go through all different um, every climate, I think there's five of them, you go through all five climate um, zones. Um, so you're constantly taking off layers, putting on layers, stopping for snacks and stopping to, you know, go to the bathroom, which there was no stall. So it was like really, really like, yeah, a different experience for me entirely. Um, Cause I had never even gone camping before this. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you were just like, zero to 60. Like, let's just, yeah, zero to 60. Exactly. And that's the kind of person I am anyway. Like let's go all in all or nothing. Um, but I would say that the, probably the, the, like I had mentioned earlier, the most difficult and also rewarding parts were just, um, the, the, it just, it progressively got harder, not because necessarily there were, there were some steeper parts, but for the most part, it was just like, as you walked for seven, eight, sometimes 12 hours a day, um, I mean, your, our bodies don't usually do that. We don't just usually walk for eight hours without stopping. Um, and so your mind is kind of 
like what are we doing like why aren't you stopping why are you why are you cold right now and then five minutes later you're in like the blazing sun like my body was so confused um and I remember it was day four and we had just we were above the clouds like literally I had clouds touching my face um, Whoa! yeah it was insane I thought it was gonna feel like cotton candy or something it just feels like mist but we had just done um an acclimatization I still can't say the word right but an acclimatization climb so we went higher than we needed to go only to come back down and you know the reasoning my guide Gefa said that we had to do that was to help our bodies adjust to the altitude and give us basically a better chance um, at endurance for when we were to do our final ascent um, in the middle of the night um, to to actually reach the summit. So it allowed our bodies to kind of get used to the to the altitude. So it's kind of like I related that in my spiritual walk to like sometimes we're like God, why are you taking me you know all the way out here? Like what does this have to do with my calling? What does this have to do with anything? Um, but really, there's purpose in that, and there's preparation in and feeling like we're going out of out of what we think is God's way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah so that was part of it and then summit night was um was walking from 11 at night to eight till eight in the morning um we walked wow. in the dark and I couldn't see a thing and um at sunrise when the sun was finally rising we had reached a point where it was like the ground was stable but up until then it was completely steep and we did like um switchbacks through the mountains and when I looked down and I saw where we had come from. I was like, thank you, Jesus, that you only had like the flashlight in front of me. Because if I would have seen how steep that climb actually was, I probably would have psyched myself out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Learn to walk by faith for sure. Is that why you guys did it at night? Like why, what was the thought process that your guide gave you for doing it the last part at night? Um, so funny enough, like you would think that that would be it because I mean, it was pretty scary to, to look at that in the daylight, but really it what had to do with weather, um, like with the sun, um, because the closer you are, obviously the higher you are, the more chance of sunburn. Um, it's very, you get sunburned very, very quickly. Um, and also because they wanted you to get there around the sunrise, um, so that you could see it over the mountain. So oh, which wow. was beautiful and perfect. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So you get to the top, there's the sunrise. Like what, what did that moment feel like? Um, it was honestly, you know, we could only stay up there for 20 minutes tops because of just how high we were, um, and the, the oxygen. Um, but I was just so, um, in awe of God's creation of what, he did through me of how he used this man named Gefas to guide me up to the top of this mountain and these 13 other porters um, who held and carried our stuff and would you know leave camp early every day and and get to the, the next camp before us and come back and help us and oh my goodness I know I know I was like there was no tip big enough that I could give them but um, just all of that kind of flashed before my eyes when I finally made it to the summit. And it just was such a beautiful picture of what faith really does look like, you know, walking by faith and um, having community that surrounds you and um, just knowing that God, um, you know, it, it sounds like a cliche, but God really is in, in the highs and lows and, um, and, and he's just faithful. That's like point blank. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. How has like that experience, both with like 
the chip starter and then Kilimanjaro. How has that experience kind of propelled you in your your like current projects or your ideas of like what's possible for you? Because um, that, that feels like that's like a peak, like, well, <laughs> like literally. But, you know, like where do you go from there and how, how does that the mindset shift that I'm sure you experienced going through that, how has that propelled you in your just current life? Yeah, that's a great question. Cause it did feel like a peak. I was like, okay, what do I do after this? Like right. <laughs> you gave me this money and climbed this mountain. Now what? Um, but honestly, you know, I don't use the term like changed my life lightly, but that, that experience changed my life and it has been ingrained in everything that I do. Um, since then. Um, it's literally in my Instagram handle, Alexis Ascends. So it's, it's become kind of a theme for my life um, and has kind of encouraged me. Like, yes, like I said, God is always with me. He's in the highs, he's in the lows. Um, and he's also um, a limitless God. Like there's no mountain that's too big. Um, and, and it's just a constant reminder of, you know, the need for community, the need to not climb our mountains alone and um, the need to encourage others to conquer their own mountains when they feel like they can't, because I certainly did not feel qualified to, to climb that mountain. So it's, it's definitely propelled me in that. It's inspired me to do pro other projects that I think are scary, like write a book and, and just kind of share my, my faith journey with people on a bigger platform than just my friends and family. And so I'm just, I'm still seeing what that looks like and how that all yeah. unravels. Yeah. I feel like your approach to like your goals and your ambitions is very alternative to the mainstream mindset of like just hustle and go it alone, fake it till you make it and just like work hard. It seems like you have this mindset of God is going before you in that. Um, and like you said, you don't climb your mountains alone. I know that hustling is really important and an important aspect of training and, and getting into those opportunities, but I don't know, like, what would you say in regards to that? That's a good question too. Um, yeah, definitely the hustle thing. Um, you know, I, and I was told this and I read this in a lot of blogs before I climbed Kilimanjaro, um, that there are some of the most athletic, like pre mentally prepared people, um, that go to climb this climb and they don't make it to the top. Um, and it's simply because um, they have this, like they haven't, I, I read it somehow that almost like you need to humble yourself before you go on to do, to, to do this climb. And I think it's the same in life. It's almost, it's, it's finding this balance between, you know, working really hard and also just resting and, and knowing that God's for you and, and like, he's going to get you through it, but not being lazy or complacent about that. Um, right. but just saying, okay, God, like this isn't on me. Like, like I'm going to give this to you. Um, just trying to find that balance, which took a lot of work, honestly, because I was like, oh, I need to, you know, I need to be hiking every day and I need to be doing this. But at the end of the day, this was like God, a God sized dream to begin with. So nothing I did or didn't do was, was ultimately going to have the final say. It was always going to be God. So I try to have that as my mindset. Right. Yeah. And it did, how did that bring you peace? I guess when you did find yourself kind of brief moments of, I'm sure finding that balance and that mindset, um, it seems like it would kind of like take the weight off of your shoulders of like, can I, can I not? Cause it's like, okay, I can't. Exactly. Exactly. It, and it would give me peace. And, um, you know, I think I had to constantly remember where God had showed up in my life before. And I definitely think chip starter was a huge part of that. Like I said, there was no way I was going to climb that mountain without someone providing 
like abundantly for mm-hmm. it. So that was like, I think God really used that not just as like a, a miracle in and of itself, but to help carry me through that experience. And even now to say, you know, Alexis, remember, remember when, remember when this happened, remember when you thought this was impossible and like I showed up again. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Before that experience, um, what would you, if you could go back and tell that girl something, what would you say? To just, um, to just embrace the unknown, like the, to embrace the unknown seasons of life and to really take them, you know, head on, um, without, fearing too much or fearing at all what anyone has to say um because I did have people that were like you're gonna do what you know (laughs) Um, (laughs) um and really just really just having God as your guide um and 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 just I don't know just being all in like just having all in faith like you know if you're gonna do it halfway it's doubt is gonna eventually over overtake you which it had for me in the past mm-hmm. um and I just I never want my future self and I wouldn't want my past self if I could go back to ever let that doubt kind of trump you know just going all in with God and seeing what he can do mm-hmm. it's so cool that like even even the opportunity that you felt like this is my opportunity when you went to Dallas like that free time kind of enabled you to go on this journey with the Lord and, and like, how are you going to provide even in that season of, you know, God opening other doors for other jobs. It's just cool that like the narrative of that upward hustle doesn't include like the twists and turns that God has for you. Right. Exactly. And, and it was learning to embrace those twists and turns and knowing that like, you know, even on that, on the mount, on the climb, you know, nothing was linear, you know, it was, it was very much a season of, of many seasons, like different climates and different, um, every day was different. And every, every day I, you know, I had moments where I was like super confident and days where I was tired, um, and just learning to embrace it all was really the key. And when you look back at it as a whole, you know, and you embrace all of it, you can really see how God literally worked everything together for the good. Yeah. That's so cool. I'm just thinking of like, even just your climbing, your climbing story that you told, like, you know, why the mountain in the valley metaphor is like such a good one. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I had so many life lessons. I could literally write a book. Yeah, you should. So what are you doing now and how can people kind of keep up with like your journey um, and what you're doing currently? Yeah, for sure. Um, so now I am, I'm back in Tampa. Like I said, I'm a marketing manager at a nonprofit here that focuses on at-risk youth. On the side, I love to write and continue to, you know, cultivate stories with God um, through just different life experiences. So I uh, wrote a devotional about waiting on God's timing, waiting at God's table for what he's preparing in the kitchens of heaven. It's called Heaven's Kitchen. Um, and so I talk about that a lot on my Instagram and through my blog. Alexis Ascends. Um, AlexisAscends.com is my blog. And so really just continuing to see how God speaks to me through all the little weird symbols, whether it's mountains and valleys or kitchens or whatever. I just yeah. I love the way that he, he, he uses little things like that to speak to me. I love that. Well, thank you so much just for taking the time to share like your story. And I'm super excited to get to share this with other people. Wow, what an incredible conversation. 
I don't know about you, but I was so inspired. I loved hearing all of the ways that God went before Alexis as he took her on this crazy journey of ascending a mountain. There were so many parallels and beautiful inspirational nuggets for my own life, and I hope that it was inspiring for you as well. I don't know about you, I'm not going to be climbing a mountain anytime soon, but I was so inspired by her journey to chase my mountains and walk in faith for whatever God has for me in this chapter of my life today, um, and just to be reminded that he's going before me, uh, and that even though I might not see what is you know, the end result of everything that I'm doing, uh, that I can just walk faithfully and trust that he's going to be faithful as well. Thank you for listening to Rise and Shine. You can follow me on Instagram at PatienceAxman, leave a comment on my latest post, or DM me to continue the conversation. Subscribe to this podcast and leave a review to help other people hear more inspiring stories and ideas from conversations just like this. Until next time, Rise and Shine.